Yeah, it's sort of like uh, you're not sure how this boat is going to work. And it's like, well, let's take it out in a huge fucking storm that is the pandemic. And you're like, whoa, there's some leaks in this boat. It's like, well, let's fix it now during the storm. And then maybe when the storm's over, this boat's going to be cruising easily. Like, we're pressure testing our own psyches right now in a way where it's like, this is as st very stressful. And it's like, well, what do I need to do to fight this anxiety? I try to avoid giving advice when I can because what works for me is too localized to my own set of circumstances. But if I had to make the above statement a lie, if I had to give anyone advice for the moment we're in, I would say do whatever you can to put yourself in a new frame of reference. Change the environment you're in for even a moment. The best possible way to do that, in my personal opinion, is to get out into nature for even a second. Listen to a podcast, read a book, take a nap, whatever. Just do it outside, as far from other people as you possibly can, in as convenient a way as you can. Go on a four-day backpacking trip, go on an hour-long walk, take your shoes off in the park down the street for five minutes. It doesn't matter. Just change your space and try your best to feel small. There are a lot of important actions to take right now, and a lot of worthwhile things to focus on and not lose sight of. But even still, if your life allows it and you can do it safely, i.e. with plenty of social distancing, masked up, and with your hands clean, take even the smallest action you can to change the setting of your thoughts. This is my second podcast episode with John Gabris, and as always, I love talking to this guy. He brings a hot mix of funny and insightful to every conversation, and I hope you get as much out of this one as I did. Anyway, guys, enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to At Least There's This, a show about some of the small, small good things in our world of uh, so much hurt right now. I am coming to you from deep summer quarantine 2020, uh, and it feels like it feels like that joke of like, oh, well, how can it get worse? And then it get worse, just like in reality. I Every day seems like things are ramping up to an untold level of pain and misery for a lot of people. Uh, there's fascism in the streets. There's uh, people who can't pay rent anymore. Everyone's getting sick. Uh, the world is a major fucking bummer. But in a world where it really sucks that much, at least there's... The beach still... <laughs> Guys, I am with uh, I am with John Gabris of the Action Boys and High and Mighty podcast. He's one of my favorite comedic actors, one of my favorite writers, and one of my favorite beach bums. And we're just gonna we're gonna try we're gonna try to dig our way out of um, out of this pit. Uh, I will say I'm more of a beach bum than anything else these days. Uh, <laughs> definitely doing more beach than comedy work and more beach than work in general. And uh, it's not that's not a hard thing to accomplish when work is almost zero. <laughs> yeah, I think last time we talked is like 2018. And <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. And we thought shit was bad then. Huh? Wait, should we can we do a little bit? Because this is a very fan fantastical catch up situation we've had. Yeah. Where. 
We met briefly through uh, Jackie from uh, Jackie Guilty Abel. Pleasures podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jackie Abel. And I did your podcast. We hit, uh, we hit it off. And then a year and a half goes by. I don't see We don't see each other at all. We run into each other at the gym. I get you confused with a different curly-haired, bearded guy. And I, I'm, like, telling you, like, the connection I have. I'm like, so, yeah, I haven't even hung out with Pally in forever. <laughs> and you're just looking at me like, okay. Okay. And then, uh-huh. like, like, a month later, I'm like, that wasn't this dude who I think it is. It's that dude. And, like, names are hard for me, but faces are good. So I'm like, it's the dude whose podcast I did about the beach. And we have other things in common. And I was like, oh, my God. I know that dude. And so then I'm on a, on my High and Mighty podcast with my friend Mike Castle talking about how every once in a while you, like, think of an old interaction and it stresses you out. And I'm like, I feel like I should just email this one dude who I got confused with another guy and just apologize and confirm that it was him. But that feels crazy. And my friend Mike Castle goes, just do it. That day I email him, like, I search, and then there's this. Or uh, Jackie, I figure out Google Mail. I'm like, Alex, that's the fucking dude's name. So I write you an email. I'm like, hey, did we run into? And then you're like, yes, that was me. I was confused, but I did. I was totally understanding. And I'm like, holy shit. And then you're like, hey, you want to do my podcast again? I'm like, let's fucking do it, man. Uh, well, you also, did you mention that we ran into each other in a locker room? So you yes, start yes. you start talking to me about like Pally and people who like I know of sort of through the improv community. So I'm like, okay, I kind of have heard of these people, but we're in a locker room and I don't want to be like, wait, Gabriel, who do you think I am? Because yeah, everyone around us is like nude and I just I, it would have been too many allegations. Yeah. Also, there is like the issue of like, well, if I never run into this dude again, we might as well just smile and nod and then get out of here and be like, uh, yeah, OK, well, he, he got me confused with someone else or yeah. whatever. And then but then I, the fact that I followed up and I, I I am so proud of myself and thank you to Mike Castle for the uh, saying, just do it, dude. And when I reached out, I was like, this feels insane. And then you're like, yes, it was me. I was confused why you were talking about it. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> It was one of those moments, you know, where something interesting or like weird happens to you and you feel, I'll probably never think about this weird moment in my life again. And then when you brought yeah. it up, it it sort of did. Do you watch Avatar The Last Airbender? Of course. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> but you know when like it's, Aang it's one of my suddenly, favorite shows of all time. Yeah. It's so good. My girlfriend and I are doing Legend of Korra right now. But you know when like Aang is talking to like all the Avatars past and you just see like the whole line of all of them? The yeah. we, you like, hey, remember that weird interaction we had? It was like I suddenly saw all the other weird interactions I've ever had with anybody line up <laughs> like all the past avatars. Like, oh, each one of those, there was this entire weird world that happened. <laughs> right. I will say this. This makes me want to reach out to like four or five other awkward interactions I've had in the last like two years. And be like, hey, just wanted to reconfirm. Sorry, thought you were my friend's cousin and not this person that was a sound guy on a shoot I did once. Like, just yeah, all I'm these like bad. misfires. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very bad with names. Great with faces. I'm, that's and. Being great with faces is a blessing because I can just say like, oh, I've interacted with you before. How's mm-hmm. it going? But then if I have to go one step further, that's where I'm like, oh, wait, I don't know where I know this face. You from. know enough to <laughs> non-smile and enough to just like pick up a conversation, yeah. but not enough to I, – I feel – I think that's what made me a very bad improviser. 
because I used to love improv, but I was terrible <laughs> at it because I'm not great with information. I recognize I know you from something, but what it was, I'll never know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just a good enough liar that I can get myself out of it. But when I interact when it, with that interaction, I took a swing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is who this is. And I was like, no. And like, you know, those things where you're like thinking about it like two weeks later and you're like, oh, man. Why is this still on my mind? Like, I fucked yeah. that up. <laughs> I fucked that up big. Um, yes, I know that very well. I also get mistaken for people all the time because I have, and this is not to say that this is You're going to call you can, me anti-Semitic, aren't and you? Not intentionally anti-Semitic. I just am the most Jewish-looking man. Like, And you should know that, you should know that the person who I confused you with, because I also had to make sure I was not like, I was that was that other person was a real person. Right. I had to like search my contacts and Twitter to figure out who it was. Their last name is Shapiro, so I am at fault here in some capacity. Oh, did you can did you confuse me for conservative political commentator Ben Shapiro? <laughs> yes, yes. You Your were good friend. A, you were behind a desk talking about how pro Fed kidnappings you are, so I assumed you might have been. <laughs> yeah, we my have... other friend Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yes. by the way. <laughs> Good friend, good friend of the pod. Ben Shapiro friend loves the, the High and Mighty podcast. He would, unfortunately, and that's my problem. That's my cross to bear. I should have. I'm, I should start having gotcha people on since I have conservative commentary face. I do look like if I put like a red backwards hat on and yeah. sat at the mic like this with my beard and build. You you would assume that I'm sitting here saying like the police are correct. Like, <laughs> if you if you had on a light blue Oxford button down shirt. Instead of oh, a tank sure. top. With, yeah, for the record, I yeah. am in a tank top. <laughs> Working from home has its benefits. I put this tank top on because I had to get dressed for this podcast. <laughs> if, if you showed up to our FaceTime call with no shirt on, I think I'd just roll with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, based on today's topic, yeah. it, would be, it would be understandable. It would fit under the umbrella of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to talk about the beach, speaking of today's topic, <laughs> the beach again. Um, but I think first, when I had you on last, I opened up by asking you if you were an optimist or a pessimist. And I think I want to do that again, but with the caveat that you answered optimist last time, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and yeah, I would be pretty sure. Yeah. Would, yeah. And the world's changed a hell of a lot since we talked, um, do you still consider yourself an optimist? Uh, yeah, and I will say one step. Yes, I'm still an optimist, and I I will say one step further. I think optimism might be like a superpower right now. Like it, like for me to still remain being optimistic, I think is that energy. I think is important. I'm like. I've uh, gotten to be way more of a vibes guy in the last couple of years. It's sort of like I'm I, I'm like, you know, two weeks away from being a part of like the source family or some shit by accident. Like I'm yeah, I'll see you at Burning Man next year. Yeah, I'm I am getting crunchier and crunchier. I'm getting more and more into nature. And uh, I mean, drugs as well. <laughs> so like that psychedelics. Yeah. All that shit is coming into uh, my life a little bit more and more. And uh, as I get older, for some, you know, a lot of people when they hit forty get into psychedelics and spirituality. But uh, I think optimism is important right now, and I'm I'm fueling my optimism through other people. And I don't know if that's healthy or whatever. But I I'm an optimist because I'm 
I, I guess I'm so, and part of it is movies' faults. I grew up like I'm addicted to movies. I watch a shit ton of movies, and movies have taught me that there are, and this is not necessarily true, but that there are constantly underdogs fighting for a good cause at the end. Whether it's a John Grisham like Rainmaker or all the President's Men, whether it's journalists, lawyers, you know, Aaron Brockovich, shit like that. Like, just that I know that people like that, and I did just pick one that was based on a true story. So, uh, the idea that that shit exists out there is like, that gives me confidence. And and I know you're a little bit of a science head like myself, and like, I know not everyone currently believes in science, but science is global. And that means that scientists all around the world are are scientists. And like they're not affected as affected by politics as, you know, the the rest of us. So hopefully between knowing that and knowing that pessimism also doesn't optimism and pessimism both don't change the world on their own, right? right. But pessimism certainly doesn't help your own uh, handling of what's going on. So on a smaller scale, like if I can be as flippant as like, well, being pessimistic doesn't help the situation. It just makes you upset. Might as well at least be optimistic in the meantime, even if the world ends on, you know, January, 2021. Like what, what was the point of being pessimistic for the next five months? Like it didn't stop. Like, on a smaller scale, this started to happen to me with the entertainment industry. I used to be so down on everything and being like, well, who cares? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just to protect myself emotionally from when it didn't happen. And then I realized I'm just as unhappy when it doesn't happen if I build it up in my mind or if I prepare myself constantly. So I'm like, might as well at least have the two weeks of hope and optimism in the meantime. That's so on a, a larger look at it. Yeah, on a larger yeah. scale, I'm like, if the world is going to end in 2021, if Trump is going to get reelected and fucking faceless uh, soldiers are going to be in the street hitting women, hitting like moms with batons and shit hits the fan in, in, Jan- in January, February. For the meantime, I might as well hope for positives because it's not mm. going to help me to be pissed and negative now. I mean, be yeah. angry, get motivated, but have some hope for the future or else what the fuck are we doing here? Mm. Have you felt that in like small daily life too, just like getting up in the morning? Yeah, to a degree, like to a degree, I I feel that like where, oh, I just have to like, there, I can't do much because I'm, you know, of the person I am, but what little I can do is like, you know, like the camping mentality or the outdoors mentality is like, you know, leave it nicer than when you got there. Yeah. Uh, or, or some would argue that's the Airbnb mentality or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, uh, I think we could do that with the world day by day. And it's like, what what does that even mean? That doesn't necessarily mean like you have to go out and like, you know, do this, do that. But it's like, what small thing can you do every day or, you know, as frequently as possible to help nudge the world and the positive, whether it's within your own household, within a small friend group, within your own life. Like if, if I do this today to make myself feel better, maybe that is what I need to keep myself in the constant battle of positivity and, and moving forward and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I have felt the necessity of having a positive outlook with the deluge, the constant deluge of some of the scariest shit I've, 
ever seen being like on my newsfeed constantly. For that, sure. Yeah. Without some sort of like, it is possible for things to go well without that viewpoint. It like, I can't, I just get stuck in a Twitter hole and I can't get out of bed. For sure. And like, um, my wife will call herself a realist, but I'll call her a pessimist. Uh-huh. And so I feel as though just in our household, part of my job is to keep it positive too, because I yeah. have the, I have the mental aptitude. I have the ability to be positive and hopeful for the future and, you know, find those little news stories of like, or those little attitudes that make me feel like we're not just hurtling towards the end of every, of society as we know it. Yeah. Um, so if I can bring that in my house, that keeps my house slightly more positive and if it keeps my wife slightly less stressed. So if I like bring that energy elsewhere with me, but don't get me wrong. I'm the first one to go like, this is fucking insane. I can't believe we're still talking about a cognitive test or federal soldiers should have to identify them. Federal, you know, troops should have to identify themselves to do this, blah, 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 blah. So it's like that, that shit drives me a little crazy. But at the same time, I, I just know that, uh, we like keeping a positive attitude will be how I survive it and help, help the other people close to me survive it. So yeah, Positive you, mental attitude, baby. Yeah, I, I guess that that's sort of somehow. Somehow, I mean that that does take us towards uh, that does take us towards your topic again. That takes us towards the beach, uh, because it is a fairly positive place, but it is it's not wholly positive at this moment. Before before we get into the beach too much, how are how are you doing on your optimism pessimism scale? Uh, Where are you falling here? No one has ever flipped it around on me, I don't think. Um, I, hey, I'm a professional broadcaster. <laughs> you do do this for a living. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I think I it's am. It's a spectrum, just like everything else, like sexuality. Right. And all that shit. It's uh, yeah. A spectrum. On the Kinsey scale, I'm mostly straight. Uh, on the optimism scale, I'm, I'm more bi. Uh, I think as a... Uh, okay, so I still think things can, things tend to get better. I still believe things tend to get better, but the recent year has shown me, it hasn't shown me that things don't get better. It's just shown me that it goes way slower than I thought that it did. Yes, that's that's a great way to. That's an adult point of view. That's a very that's a very mature point of view. That's difficult to come to in that. Things do get better. You have to like zoom out to like the hundred year scale to see that like things. If you're looking at like progress in what I believe we agree on what is considered progress from 1920 to 2020, things have objectively gotten better. But it's not as big of an improvement as you think. It's like fucking (laughs) it's like getting in shape. You know, you're like, oh, I've been working hard for a hundred years. Let me look in the mirror. Well, I'm still pretty fat. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, you got another hundred years to go, bro. <laughs> right. I, you lost ten pounds, but it doesn't mean all that much. Um, I've, yeah. I, I've said this on the my intros for the podcast in the last couple of months, but I feel more and more like history didn't finish, and I used to feel as an optimist, history is done. Now we're going towards the future, and I can no longer believe that. Yeah, I think we gotta. And uh, we've got a handful, way more than a handful, but we've got a large swath of a population that is digging their heels in and holding on to the rope and saying, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, we're not going into the future just yet. No. You're going (laughs) to – and you're like, okay, fair enough. We got to fucking – you know, like 
Got to get all the kids in the car before we can go on the road trip. So we'll wait while this one asshole kid takes forever to put their shoes on and has to. Oh, I forgot my suitcase. It's like, yeah. all right, motherfuckers. Well, we're we're trying to get this wagon to take us into the 21st century. So get your fucking asses on board. Mm. Well, eventually we're going to be throwing some motherfuckers in the trunk <laughs> and just drive. Um. I would, yeah, I would say, just to fully sum up your question, I am, I'm not a pessimist. I, I usually describe myself as uh, skeptical, but not cynical. Uh, and I am far more radical. I think I'm still an optimist, but I'm much more radical than I was two years ago. Interesting. And what do you mean, and what do you mean by that? Like, you're like, you're, you're like, your ideas now, your ideas for big change are huge. Are huge. Do you know Robert Evans? He used to write for Cracked. Um, uh, I think, I think he I'm thinking of the, the <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the famed Paramount movie producer. Yes. No, the, the other the one. Robert Evans. Who, yeah. Who does Behind the Bastards. Um, oh, I, the, I don't, I now know who that is, but I only yeah. know him as I write okay because he's at portland he's in right. portland live streaming constantly yes right? yeah yeah i had him on the show like right before i had you too and i just i'd like following his work and he had this tweet that was like turns out that if you talk to liberals in just the right way they'll meet you at burning down a federal courthouse uh like talking about <laughs> liberals versus lefties and i was like yeah i think that's where i'm at right now <laughs> still an optimist but i'm like there with you now i'm like I used to have these like very anarchist friends and I'd be like, well, that's them. And now I'm like, I guess I get where they're coming. Like I get Zaheer from Co Legend of Korra now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. I have not gotten to the Legend of Korra books, so I, okay. have, to, uh, I have to get into those. But the uh, I'm with you. And I think I think that can still be considered optimism if you're like, yeah, I think we need to reevaluate our entire process on these like – I, our ideas of justice, our ideas of what policing is, our ideas of what uh, social services are, our ideas of what equality is. I'm yeah. cool with all of that, but I still think, I think an optimist thinks it's possible right. in my book. And, yeah. I, and a pessimist thinks, what's this all for? Or that's more of a nihilist, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I find that like maybe burning down a courthouse, I don't know if that's the right route, but We've tr we got to start trying some other shit because the, the normal ways aren't working. Yeah. And if one more 60-year-old person tweets, get out there and vote, I'm like, we know! We're <laughs> like, going to do it. We, we, a lot of us have been voting. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, my life is pretty good right now in that I'm outside of Los Angeles uh, and I'm enjoying – like mountain views constantly with my girlfriend. So things are okay. Um, and nature has been one of the few places that I personally can find any kind of solace or peace in my incredibly loud skull right now. Yeah. And it's weird that nature is the safest place to be right now. Like outdoors, we yeah. should say, like feels like the safest place. I mean, besides your own home listeners, um, <laughs> Besides your own home, it feels like the safest place to be, to do anything, is yeah. outdoors. And I feel, and like the city life shit, a lot of us signed up for it because we like good restaurants and cool places to walk to. So a lot of us moved into 
and I'm saying us, meaning yes, me, moved into tiny shitholes so that they can live <laughs> in and- in West Hollywood. And now that nothing is open in your te- in your neighborhood or the shit that is open, you don't want to go to because your wife is immunocompromised and it's terrifying. You realize you're like, why the fuck did I move to a city? I've been why, feeling like, exactly I- that. Yeah. <laughs> and especially now that I'm podcasting on zoom i haven't gone to an audition or a meeting in person in a hundred days i'm like why don't i live in santa cruz why don't i live in the red like in between the redwood forest and the ocean why don't i live in upstate new york on a lake house like why the fuck do i live in the heart of a city because it's so cool to get three different three different good thai restaurants deliver that's amazing. That's worth it. Yeah. Until you're like, I can't go out to eat anymore. <laughs> now you're like, what am I doing? So that's what I've been. That's what I've been struggling with, and that's where my swing back to nature has come from. I'm, I'm I went camping right for the you. first time last year. Uh, like, I'm just like, it feels like it's the safest place. And like, if they told me I we were working from home for the next three years, I feel like my wife and I would be like moving to Oxnard or Ventura County or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah. My girlfriend and I already found we'd move to Carbondale, Colorado, like instantly. Like, okay, cool. A tiny, cute little all brick mining town that has like black lives matter and trans pride flags everywhere. Yeah. We'll move here. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel comfortable there. Yeah. yeah I like exactly it. that. And I feel like the, uh, this might affect us. It might affect that in a way. Like I feel like a lot of people who are, sent home to work from home and their companies are like you can work from home full time they're like okay well i'm going to move to a beautiful plot of land yeah and like, space feels more important than ever now with like the idea of like staying six feet away from people sounds easier when you live on a ranch than when you live in a 10 unit apartment building like myself where technically there's some walls there but I'm sleeping less than six feet away from a stranger. <laughs> like, Fuck. When you put it that way, that is like, right? yeah. There's someone right now 10 feet above me and 10 feet that way. <laughs> Two people and 10 feet that way. All people I don't really know how they're staying safe. In all but... four dimensions, you're separated by somebody from 10 feet right now. Yeah. And at least I have a... Uh, the sh- the sheetrock walls of a fucking Los Angeles apartment built in 1971 pre any building codes. <laughs> yeah, no, you are you're in a, a COVID death trap right now. <laughs> yeah, if it feels, cr- I mean, the one thing I one blessing I have in my apartment building is that it's not an elevator building or one of those closed hallway buildings. I live in like a motel mm. style building yeah. where it's just like my door opens to the outside at least. Because that that's good. my I have a lot of friends. Because New Yorkers and shit who live in like elevator buildings and it's like that's scary for a lot of people because yeah. it's like there's signage that's like, uh, you know, wait, take the um, uh, only take the elevator with people you live with and shit like that. And friends of mine actually live in a Calif- in a Los Angeles elevator building and there's signage that says like only ride with people you live with. And they were in the elevator, these uh, my buddies and a- another guy comes in with no mask on. And they're like, uh, can you just wait for the net? And they're like, he's like, no, 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 it's fine. So they're like, he like put his hand in the door. He's like, no, no, I'll just. And then they're like, really? No, it's we we should just. And the guy's like, you guys watch the news too much. And just like gets on the elevator and hits his floor. No, man. I'm like, oh, I couldn't live with that. I couldn't live. I like I live in an apartment life. So you have that weird community shit. Yeah. To keep myself at least 
that distance from people is very helpful. This has made me like hate, hate. I don't like the word hate, but like, so part of my job is science communication, right? I like do things for science organizations to help them talk about who they are better. And you're always trying to convince, not convince people, but like show them who deserves the authority that they give them through credence, right? Like, why should you listen to this group? Why should you listen to this group? Why shouldn't you listen to that group? And like the COVID epidemic has even more than climate change just like eroded my faith in in how oh. <laughs> much I how much people like myself can actually do. It's like, right. yeah. Well, let, let's get into this for a second because this yeah. is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. We We had climate change as sort of our like, if we don't get people to believe in science, we're fucked. But climate change had a little bit of like a sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Like ephemeral, like like a time, a timeline. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a time there's line. a horizon coming up, and we're like, fuck. Well, we better get these people to start believing in science. And um, science doesn't say they're you know like so. If you believe in science, let's pretend science is our deity. It feels like our deity. If you believe in signs from God, I believe a sign from science is like, hey, if we don't do something about climate change, the world is fucked. It's a small, it's a slow scale. It's like, we got to get people believing in science. And then science, our deity is like, hey, I got something that's going to make you want to make people believe in science even faster. (laughs) And it's like, it kind of squeezed the timeline of, of climate change and gave us like this weird proxy battle to practice this on where it's like... If we can't get people to do the smallest shit, like we're not going to get people to recycle. We're not going to get people to drive electric vehicles if, the, if we can't get them to put a mask on so that their own grandma doesn't die. Like if you can't convince someone, hey, you're going to kill a fucking grandma by not wearing a mask. If that doesn't work on people, they're never going to wrap their heads around like uh, – we're losing swaths of species that live in the ocean due to the water temperature rising. That, that That's not going to – if we can't get COVID, which has, like, a visible death rate and, like, you know, peop, friends of friends and you hear from hospitals, if we can't get that – if we can't get people to agree on that, then we're never going to get them to agree on, like, the ice caps are melting and water levels are rising. That's not going to affect anybody emotionally if you can't get them to be affected by old people and weak people dying the weirdest thing is that that it is a very american problem it's an extremely american problem you don't have this problem in other countries i mean i'm sure you have a little bit but you, you do don't, but not, not yeah as much. we would they wouldn't give as much credence to it because we're america and we're the best at everything right so and if we all believe that then we should just be the best at fighting this disease by de- default this virus by design or whatever yeah and it's like that's not how that's not how it works we are <laughs> we're a literal petri dish for this virus and it is it's a it's a bummer it really when your like chosen job is trying to help scientists talk it's like at a certain level it's like okay i love history and I, I follow a bunch of historians and they're shouting as loud as they can but they can't shout over things like ancient aliens because it's so right. much catchier and it's so fiery and interesting. And they're like, right. no, we have so much proof. Like, please, it is my job. I do this. Please, why would I lie to you? And everyone's like, yeah. oh, lines. And it's just like sexier. It's just more interesting. Well, it's also like uh, that 
the hypothetical science you just the scientist you described there is someone who went through however many years of schooling however Mm -hmm. many years of research however many years of studying to determine early life early civilizations and all that uh literature and converse with other science versus a dude who has watched a bunch of youtube documentaries yeah and it's like like why are we allowed and I will say part of it is at the fault of like the authorities for frequently lying. Like yeah. not, not as much as they, they're not going to be lying about as much stuff as we think they are, as they're being accused of, but they have previously lied about stuff. So it makes it like an unreliable narrator instantly. And so the, everyone yeah. is like, well, if blah, 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 then blah, blah, like, you know, and, my 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 last bad. guest on the podcast, who's been a frequent guest on my uh, science show, her name is Dr. Seema Yasmian, and she's like she's everything. She's a journalist. She's a poet. She's a medical doctor, epidemiologist. She's like a, a superhuman, but she is also like a debunker and a like a, you know misinformation hunter. And she grew up in a British Muslim like Indian house, and so when she does her talk, she starts out by saying like. Of course I was going to believe that the queen was like a lizard folk because I also believe the truth that like the British experimented on my people and like eradicated my people. That is true. So it it isn't so out of the question that I'm not going to believe the authorities. And she starts that as her talk about like what to believe and not to believe. And she's a great, a fantastic debunker, but it's like a part of her is like, this is why I don't just think I'm above people who believe nonsense because I get why you would believe some of these things. Right. Well, I think the main reason people look to conspiracy as answers is because you don't, the reality is too upsetting. Yeah. Like the, the idea that like, and I, I obviously I'm sure there's still plenty of more information about the assassination of JFK or nine 11 or any of these major events that we can't just say, Sometimes people are crazy and want to kill the president. Right. Sometimes people uh, have no qualms about crashing a plane into a building full of innocent people. And that's brutal and fucked up. But we come up with conspiracies to make ourselves feel better. Because then it's like, well, if it's like a 12-part conspiracy where people are working together in various ways, then you say like, oh, thank God. Because then it's like it's not something that can possibly happen again. It's got a that's what's yeah. crazy. And there's a sort of religious feeling to it of it gives you a higher sense of order and a higher sense of power than Yeah, it yeah. it helps you understand it helps you understand like oh that's why this happened because fucking uh Bush wanted to get into blah 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 this right. needed to jet fuel steel beams Soros blah 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 this that the other thing like it and then people prey on that. Like the people who yeah. propagate these, they prey on that. They know people are desperate for answers. And you saying it's like a religious thing. And I'm not saying believing in religion and believing in conspiracies is the same thing. But I think a lot of people use them negatively for the same reasons. Whether yeah. it's to make people feel better about awful shit that's going on. Make people feel better about awful shit they're doing. Make people feel better about... And for some... That's good. Like, if church makes you feel better, that's great. But if church makes you feel better because it tells you that the reason that this happens is because Muslims are in fear, blah, 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 and you're hearing awful shit, awful untrue shit, then that's you're not that far off from being in a fucking conspiracy, you know? You're not that far off from ranting with a fucking tinfoil hat on. I mean, that that takes us... 
that takes us to the beach because I want to get to the beach because yeah, <laughs> the, several states have opened their beaches up because they don't believe the science. And so they're okay with uh, letting people flood the beach and get sick. So I, I want to talk about the beach, though, and I want to talk about it as your positive because, of course, there are negatives with any place where people congregate. But right. right now in the world you're living in where you spend so much of your time in – at, as you said it, because I think your apartment is wonderful, but in your shitty West Hollywood apartment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks adorable. I love what I'm seeing. Um, what about going to the beach recaptures your sense of love and majesty and, in your own words, spirituality at this moment? Yeah, it's – the beach has always been a place where I felt safe. Uh, it's I, – I, and I've, I'm sure uh, anyone who's like – you already talked about – but, like, I grew up going there. Uh, my parents worked uh, shift jobs, like weird hour jobs. So uh, a lot of times they worked on weekends. A lot of times they uh, worked on holidays. And in the summer, we were home, and, like, my dad worked nights, so we always had the mornings. So he always took us – to the beach because like what do you do with three boys is like if it's nice out it's like i gotta get them to the beach and get them tired so that they don't come home and fucking ride their bikes and cause trouble like when they get home and i have to go to work so we would go to the beach every single day and it just became such unless it rained then we went to roosevelt field mall and saw a movie and, and played arcades but it felt so good and like it was something that like you start to have friends there you start to like go like oh i hope the Carlin family's there. We can hang out when we get there. And then that vibe just carried over. And then I moved to the city for uh, New York City for uh, like eight, nine years. I, I, I went to college, moved to the city, moved to California. And then like when I came back out here, I'm like, I need the beach back in my life. And I started going again. And I, it's really brought me back to like, oh, yeah, this is crazy that there's something this beautiful, something this like talking about like different biomes or whatever like talk uh what's the word i'm looking ecosystems like go to the fucking beach it's so different than melrose and la cienega you know what i mean it's like so much different than and a lot of people talk about the power the healing power of the outdoors and stuff and and like a lot of people are like oh i'm not really outdoorsy and i i never really was outdoorsy in my mind because I'm from Long Island and I've lived in New York City and Los Angeles. So I'm not really like a woodsy rural guy, but I never put it together that the beach is the outdoors. Like it is, it is. And in my head, it's just a place you go to fucking boogie board, surf, tan, have beers, smoke a J, read a book, lay out, eat food, do this, grill, you know, whatever you're doing at the beach. And then I realized, like, oh, this is the outdoors. Just because there's not trees there doesn't mean I'm not outdoors. And then when you start to think about it as that, it's like, oh, going to the beach is six hours of fresh air, of salt air, getting in the salt water. This is shit. Like, people talk about, like, that ability, like, when you get in nature, like, what it can do for you, the restorative powers of nature. I think that's all on display at the beach. And for someone like me who is feeling a little claustro in these times, my wife isn't, as I previously mentioned, immunocompromised. So we're, we're really, we're not even doing any of Garcetti's alfresco bullshit. So, <laughs> so like, we, there's not lots we can do. Like, real treats for us are going on long walks together or ordering food. In the last couple of weeks, 
I went and like a few weeks ago, I went and tested what the beach felt like safety wise. I went before you were allowed to have chairs and stuff. So you kind of had to pretend to be active. So I went with just a towel and a bag and, and a friend masked up. We didn't drive together six feet away. And I felt completely comfortable there. Everyone was trying to keep their, no one is like, I'm talking about, I, I go to a beach in Malibu. It's not Huntington Beach. There's not a lot of bros with like Hurley hats insisting that we open up the fucking Ron John surf shop or whatever. But- what a fucking thing that like that Chad bros who like to drink beers and surf are also like now a Republican aesthetic. I know. I know. It's like S- Southern California is so twisted in that way. Yeah. It's like I like to smoke weed, ride like one of those sublime bikes with the big handlebars. I fucking, you know. Also, uh, I love I'm, fiscal uh, conservatism. Exactly. I was going to say, I'm friends with a bunch of Mexican guys. Yeah. But here's how I feel about immigration and uh, uh, small government. Or you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it uh, doesn't make sense. Anyway, sorry. I, yeah, no. And that's like, that's the shit. And that's the shit where I'm like, oh, right. The beach is not, it is for everyone. Like yeah. in a way where it's like, oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. The beach is for everybody. There are going to be campers on the trails if you're hiking who are going to be like have MAGA hats on. You know, it's like, okay. They'll be like, we're going to drill in this fucking park for oil, but I'm also an outdoorsy person. Um, so I went and I felt safe. Then I went back with my wife one day on a weekday. And we felt safe again, like masked up all the way through till we got to our chairs. Then you pop the mask off. No one's within 10 feet of you. Um, all you're doing is just sitting there, hang out, getting some sun, getting the vitamin D, getting some salt water, uh, all that shit. And then now I've been like, oh, if I don't go every week, it starts to feel I start to feel a little on edge. Yeah. And it just feels good because. The beach feels like the opposite of the indoors. I mean, it is. It's like there's no walls. <laughs> yeah. There's no. It's like, uh, you know, pure visibility in every direction. S- sunshine. Cl- if it's cloudy, I still go. I still love to just sit there. I'll sit there fully dressed. Like, I'll sit there in a shirt and my fucking towel wrapped around me if it's a little too cool and just burn a J and read a book or still go for a swim, get a little walk in, a little fitness. It, it feels... It feels good, and I'm a germaphobe. I'm a little – I get a little anxiety being in crowds around people to begin with, and now it's peaked. Um, It's, like, exacerbated even more now. So the beach really answers – gives me a lot of what I need in a simple $8 to $15 uh, parking pass. And you really can also street park and walk down to the beach if you need to save a few bucks for L.A. hack – for Los Angeles beach hacks. Most of the beaches you can just walk to from a street parking place. So <laughs> if you if you didn't have the beach right now, where do you think your head would be in quarantine? 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 I think I would be a little more hell bent on getting out of town, which is hard because my wife is working from home, so she does need all the Wi-Fi and shit that mm-hmm. we have set up here. Um, and and me too, and I'm recording from home and stuff. But if I didn't have the beach as like a feeling to be like, and that's like the magic of California is that like we have the beach, we have like a two hour drive to Angeles Forest, we have a two hour drive to the desert, we have a two hour drive to Mexico, we have a two hour drive yeah. to a mountain. Like that's what's a, a fun about Southern California. But if I didn't have the beach, I would be like hell bent on getting out of town way more. And I can't actually afford that either because I am you know, at a wildly reduced salary during the quarantine. Um, so for me, the beach, the beach does a lot. It, 
And also, the other thing I want to talk about, and I'm just like talking for 12 minutes on Broken, but the uh, a lot of the things that I have on my list of like, this is shit you should be doing in quarantine. So to keep your mind right is like exercise, reading books, you know, taking time to yourself, meditating, shutting off screens, getting off Twitter. That shit all happens a little bit by design at the beach. And I've and I didn't realize that. And that's why when you asked me, did I have a new topic? I was like, no, I want to talk about the beach because now I'm realizing what the beach by accident or by default is giving me. And that's time away from a screen, which is very hard to look at at the beach. Um, it's oh, a book. I might as well read it. It's not like I have a TV or Netflix or whatever. Um, a little exercise, some walks, some swim. You can go for a beach run. I've been bringing. I've been I've gone by myself once or twice, brought a kettlebell in the trunk of my car, did a, like a half hour workout behind my car, th- uh, like right in the parking lot, <laughs> threw the kettlebell back in, grabbed a cooler in my beach chair and uh, washed off in the ocean and then had a fucking uh, joint and a sandwich and cracked open a book. I like, feel that's, like, yeah, if there are like any good I things for mental health right now right. and I can get them all in one location. The quarantine has been such a kick in everyone's ass about mental health and about like going outside is such a big mental health boost. Like I, I'm a, I meditate daily, but when I was camping on my way up to where I am right now in Colorado, I, I couldn't really fit it in and I didn't feel the need. Cause like, no, I already did it. Like I got my meditation in even without sitting and staring at a wall, you know? And that is something that I, I'm glad you wanted to do the beach because I think one good thing about quarantine, as terrible as this is, is that it's all giving us a chance to slow down and work on mental health in a way that, like, the way our society runs does not want you to do. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, you're not sure how this boat is going to work. And it's like, well, let's take it out in a huge fucking storm that is the pandemic. And you're like, whoa, there's some leaks in this boat. It's like, well, let's fix it now during the storm. And then maybe when the storm's over, this boat's going to be cruising easily. Like... We're pressure testing our own psyches right now in a way where it's like this is as str- very stressful and it's like, well, what do I need to do to fight this anxiety? And for me, it's fitness. It's eating clean. It's uh, I, I've pretty much given up drinking for like the last 140 days. I've been like almost abstaining from alcohol because I realized it was a little bit of a trigger for dark thoughts and feeling down about myself. So all these small things I'm learning. I'm like even going to be even more equipped for like reality. Like it feels like we're training with the weight vest on of yeah. like mental health training yes. with the weight vest on. And then when the pandemic's over, it's like, holy shit, I'm faster than I've ever been. Right. <laughs> like, it's all, Are you a Dragon Ball Z fan? <laughs> no, but if you're saying we're about to go Super Saiyan. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. We're all about to just like there's there's this one long scene like several episodes where the main character trains in 100 times earth gravity and so when he gets to the planet he was meant to get to that's only two times earth gravity is just like you know moving so fast you can't see him kind of shit and we're all yeah, like that's awesome yeah oh life that is, is kind just, of what we're doing right yeah now. we're all we're trained we're up on the mountain right now this is all of our like shaolin temple kind of shit um yeah. We are drawing close to our hour, so is there... Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's easy to get lost in conversation with you, Gabrus. Um, (laughs) Is there... Uh, Thanks for calling it a conversation. Often people just say, I scream at them for (laughs) 14 straight minutes. (laughs) I get lost in your beard as you yell at me. Um, I I like a guest who wants to 
talk more because for, I don't want to on this podcast. I don't like being the like. This is the uh, I don't want to insult any of the people that a lot of my listeners like, but like, right? But yeah, if you're if you're talking a lot on your podcast, all of your listeners week to week could tire out. Like, what's yes. the point of having a guest? Uh, and I'm sure listeners of High and Mighty are saying, yeah, take take Alex's note, dude. <laughs> but <laughs> this is what I'm like on every podcast, my own and uh, friends and strangers. When I show up on their podcast, I still insist on dominating the conversation. Let me tell you everything. Um, <laughs> no, but it's been, it has been a good catch up and a good conversation about a thing that I think a lot of people are needing right now in their life. And like, I've noticed when I talk to my friends like yourself, because you're my friend, who are like, hell yeah, who are funny, they don't always see that they are being helpful, right? That they're like, no, your optimism is like helping people, or there's a wisdom to it as well. And so this has been a conversation that has a lot of wisdom in it, even while funny, or even while like (laughs) at a fast clip. And so I think it's just important to call out, like, yeah, this, this stuff that, people are needing to hear right now you know so i i want i think to ask and then we can talk about whatever the hell you want for as long as you want but i think i want to ask before we get to plugs do you have advice for people in the time we're in right now yeah i actually do and i can only really speak to advice from what works for me but i do think a lot of people in the world or a lot of people who listen to podcasts at least are like me in that Mental health, to be honest, physical health and mental health haven't been on my mind for like the first 35 years of my life. Like physical health to me was like trying to get jacked. And now now that I'm uh, pushing 40, I'm 38, I'm going to be 39 in a couple months. I am uh, thinking more and more about like long term and and the pandemic has kind of pushed me to think about priorities, too. And I'm sure a lot of people are in this place, too, where this is this is hitting them. And it, only in the last couple of years that I start thinking about doing things to benefit my mental health. And I've talked about this on other podcasts before, but I feel like here I had to start thinking about not I always thought about the Gabrus right now. I never thought about the Gabrus 24 hours from now, the Gabrus seven days from now, the Gabrus one month from now. And the Gabrus a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And that's something I made a lot of decisions never even thinking about that stuff down the line, which is hard when you're a young kid who's just trying to fucking make it as a comedian or whatever. That shit never crosses your mind. But when a doctor tells you you have high blood pressure, two appointments in a row is when you have to start thinking about like, all right, well, I want to fucking be around for another 20 to 40 years. I got to figure some shit out. So some small mental health things that I've done. And you know what? I'll even zoom it out to uh, I'll, I'll zoom it out to this. Do things that you think will make you you have to find what makes you feel better. And for me, it, for me it's often stuff you get down on yourself about. It's the positive version of that. For example, like when I get down on myself for feeling fat or feeling like I ate too much or feeling lazy, the that's a very exponential negative behavior and conversation I'll have with myself. So in order to flip that and nip it in the bud, when I do get some exercise in or fitness or eat clean for most of a day or eat 
my two clean meals for the day and have whatever fun meal it when I do accomplish that I feel the opposite of piling on myself do you know what I mean I'm pi I and then I build I'm a momentum person so I know I I know I need to exercise to feel healthy, but for me, if I do 20 minutes of walking seven days in a row or five days in a row, I look back on that and I feel so much better and it's so small. You'd be surprised what the minimum dose... Like, if you're feeling down on yourself listening to this because you're like, fuck, I'm so fat, I never exercise, I bought this fucking Peloton bike, I never get on it, I, sh I bought a jump rope, I bought dumbbells, I'm working out from home, I used to love the gym, I hate going running, it's too cold to go running, it's too hot to go running. Knock all that down and just say, why are you pissed? Is it because you want to just get some activity in? Then... Shrink that down to whatever that is and just get 10 minutes, get 20 minutes. If you're like, I'm never reading. All I do is like look at Twitter and uh, watch Netflix and play video games. And it's like, give yourself right in your calendar or wake up on a Sunday morning and go, I'm going to read in bed for 15 minutes. I'm going to read a book or listen to an audiobook. And it's that small shit where now for like the last couple of weeks, I've been eating clean. I've been uh, exercising, but I used to be, as as we know each other from the gym, I used to be a, like a, a like a power lifter, whatever you want to call it. I did the big four exclusively, and now I miss all that. But now I do a little dumbbells and I go for a long walk, and it feels like I'm not. At least I'm not doing nothing. And maybe that's my advice: is all. I'm sure we all have these huge lists of like what I would love to have gotten done in the quarantine. And I know also that that's a point of privilege because a lot of people are like, no, I have to continue to farm strawberries for you or whatever during the quarantine. I know a lot of people have shit like that going on. But it's think about what the minimum dose required would be, because I used to think I had to go to the gym for two hours and blah, 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 and read a book and do yoga and meditate. And it's like if you shrink all that down to be like, I, if I if I sit quietly with my eyes closed and just listen to my breath for five minutes a day, that's a fucking success. If, if your goal is to try to get to meditate, just think about what the smallest answer is. Like if you do a, if you do f 10 pushups, but the last seven days you've done zero, you improved 1000% on your amount of pushups per day. So it's for me, I found that the beach let me check a few of these boxes of some quiet time, some time away from Twitter, some time away from wondering what my career is going to be like after this. And so I find these triggers and then I find the con like the opposite is not the right answer. But for me, my brain works in that way where it's like I'm feeling down about how my stomach hurts and I have diarrhea and my GI is fucked up. And it's like, well, tonight for dinner, I'm going to eat greens and salmon and I'm going to feel much better tomorrow than I normally do. And it's like those small little steps. And then when you build that momentum for 40 days in a row, you feel like you're fucking uh, ready to enter Earth's gravity and fucking be ready to rock. <laughs> like, what about you? Have you have you added any behaviors to yourself in the last like uh, 100 days that you're like, I didn't previously do this, but now this makes I will say I've upped my cannabis usage. Um, but to a I feel like to a healthier degree, I do it when I'm done for the day, quote unquote, which is arguably maybe after this podcast at one thirty. But I up my cannabis consumption, down my alcohol consumption. Uh, I'm reading more. I'm trying to 
shop for movies less, which is like a issue I have where I'm like, I spend 20 minutes picking out something. I have like a list of movies I want to watch. So I'm like, I guess for me, I'm trying to feel more efficient. And even that is such a low bar for me. I'm talking about efficiency in like doing things that make me feel good. I'm not even like talking about productivity. I'm just talking about like, I I have this friend who's a marketer, and I've heard her you refer to that as utils. You're trying to increase your utils, have more utility throughout the day. Uh, I'm oh, sh- that's, I like that. If there are marketing people listening to this, please let me know I'm wrong on uh, how you use that term. <laughs> For me, I nothing's really changed in my life, like day-to-day because of the quarantine, and so I get gripped by feeling like I'm not doing enough, which is I sort of have this unfortunate Calvinist streak in me where like if I haven't worked hard and you know plowed the fields with like Goody Smith or something I feel terrible about myself Um, so I am trying to do just as much as I normally do but let myself enjoy the moments where I don't have anything to do which is hard that's fucking hard for freelancers and self-starters and self-employed people and that's something that's something you do need to learn you know what i mean like and i i think like like you're talking about and my say you're a stranger you tell me that my advice to you would be like keep in mind that it's global background trauma yeah you know like where like and if and if you look back on the time and you're like i got 10 percent less work done but i kept my mind together and kept my relationships going then you succeeded you know what i mean and and that I'm we're on day 130 or whatever. I'm just coming around to being like I and it's funny you mentioned this Alex cuz I I've been meaning to get a PlayStation forever but I've never felt like I have an Xbox. Uh-huh. I've been meaning to play the PlayStation only titles, but I've never felt like I deserved it mm. because I didn't feel like I worked hard enough to earn to have a video game system. Right. And then I started like in the last hundred days in this quarantine, I would find that like a day would have gone by and I'm like, I don't even really know what I did today. Like I did like almost nothing. And I'm like, that sucks. If I was playing video games, I know I would have enjoyed the four hours where I don't know really where the time went. So I just flipped it and I can maybe show you my second monitor that's here. I went and bought a second monitor, a PlayStation, a controller. And I've said, do I deserve this? Who cares? I fucking, if, if it's going to keep me sane and alive and my wife works from home so I can't really fuck around outside of my office because she's on conference calls and stuff. So fuck it. Do this. It'll make me happy if I play f- for two hours a day and at least at the end of the week, I'm like, hey, I made progress in The Last of Us. It feels so like, you whatever you don't think yeah. you deserved, you fucking deserve it, dude. Dis- like, disentangling productivity from uh i guess goodness but that's such a religious happiness happiness (laughs) or like dessert uh dessert right disengaging how productive you were from have you done enough for the world are like they are such different concepts right right like (laughs) oh yeah i got a lot done like i'm i'm teaching myself trigonometry because i never learned math so in in high school so i'm doing trigonometry and it's like I did half of a quiz today, but that doesn't, but it was more important that if I like lifted 10 rocks because somebody told me to, like I did what was important to me and that's fine. Let that be enough, you know? 
Yeah. 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 I will. I will say like the quarantine sort of eliminating the rat race of the entertainment business from my current brain, like taking that out of my Ram of like, nobody's working. Who cares if John Gemberling or Josh Gad or any of these other fat bearded comedians are booking shit. Nobody's working. So there's no FOMO. There's no envy. And the fact that that's been lifted off me, I have such a newfound appreciation for podcasting and like something that I've always considered to be like my side project. And I'm like now in the quarantine, I'm like, well, one of these things is still putting food on the table. Right. And, and act and being a U five on fucking Brooklyn nine, nine, which is you know, which is like a lifelong goal. And I finally got it is like, Oh, that was fine. It came and went, but now there's a pandemic and I'm able to talk to friends for an hour a day on my podcast. I'm able to make a few bucks selling ads. I'm able to stay connected, stay relevant, reach out to an audience without live. And now I have like a newfound appreciation for what I do have. And you, and you learn, and like, this is the most modern and bullshit version of like, you realize when you have limited things Mm -hmm. like that Buddhist shit of like, when you're, when you have limited things, you're like, I have a newfound appreciation. Like my wife said the other yet uh, last night, she's like, when this is all over, I'm going to take so much shit. Uh, I'm going to take so much. Le- uh, when this is all over, I'm going to take so much stuff less for granted. Does that mean I yeah, that, phrase this right? Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm taking, I took so many things for granted previously. And she's like, and when this is all over, it's going to be completely different for at least a month. Like, <laughs> is the joke. It's like, but for a month, we're going to be like, who cares that the food wasn't that good at this restaurant? We're at a fucking restaurant, right. baby. <laughs> yeah, I got to order a beer. It's going to be like, and I know, you know, I believe this is the thing you're comfortable talking about on podcasts, but it's going to be like the week after a really strong trip. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, where, where you're, you're like, like, I don't care. I'm so in touch with myself. I love who I am. I'm so grounded. And then after that week, you go back to normal, you know? it take, yeah. You know, you lose the shine. But for that first however long, it's going to be like... I I am at one with the universe and I feel great. Yeah, and it's like who the the idea of like when you start to realize like the shit that you have so focused on your mind as important isn't that important. That's the shit like isn't life or death when you're like, "Oh yeah, I can't believe I let myself get that worked up over this like yeah. thing." When it's like, "I can't believe I was so worked up about testing for a pilot and not getting it last year. The pilot didn't go." And now, uh federal fucking employees are renditioning citizens in the street and i was bitching about not getting cast in a pilot it's like every, it re, it rearranges your thing and it's like oh it, there's a lot going on and it feels good to slow it all down every once in a while and focus on and the beach allows the beach allows that for me the beach allows me to like slow down and it it is specific to me because i am a little little beach boy but the beach allows me to slow down and go like float in the ocean and go like holy shit this is the ocean this is like surrounding our country it's all over the world and i'm in it right now and i'm a fucking drop if a shark came it would eat me and it would not phase the shark's life at all would not phase the earth's life at all it would affect however x amount of people in my circle but just that idea of like I'm nobody here. I'm just another fat dude getting sunburned at this beach. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about that where it's like, I'm just in the water, the same water that a fucking professional surfer's in in Spain, that a fucking scuba diver's in in New Zealand. Like, we're all, like, just 
in this big bath together. And there's something, there's something shrinking about that, yeah. which, which I, which appeals to me too. You know, we're all in the there's same bath, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Gabrus, do you want to let my audience know where they can find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, guys, I'm at Gabrus on all the social media platforms. I guess Twitter and Instagram. I shouldn't say all. I don't know. He's a good others. follow. <laughs> and uh, I have podcast uh, High and Mighty, which is just a chat show similar to this um, with even less uh, direction. And then um, I have a podcast called Action Boys, which is a paid podcast, but it's a Patreon. But if you go to the Patreon page at actionboys.biz or patreon.com slash actionboys, with a Z, you'll find that we have like eight or nine episodes released for free. So start there. And if you never listen to any others, it's still appreciative that you did that. So if you enjoy listening to men talk about action movies for longer than the running time of the movie itself, give that a listen. <laughs> I, I hope you guys do give that a listen. Uh, I love Gabrus's content. I promise you it's good <laughs> shit. I, uh, I, as always, am Alex Schiffman. You can find me at Alex Schiffman some of the places, although I keep trying to take social media sabbaticals. Um, if you do want to see the stuff that I do, I recommend checking out Science the Show. It's my science and comedy show, and we have some really big shows coming up uh, in the next few months. I can't talk about them just yet, but they're going to be one will probably be with JPL again. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah, they're good people. Um, and the other one, I don't know who it'll be with, but I will let you guys know as soon as I know. Uh, thank you for listening. I love you all and have a good couple weeks. Bye. See you at the beach, baby. Shh.